0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Option B, Facing Adversity, Building Resilience, and Finding Joy. All of us have a desired option in life. But because life is rife with unpredictability, we never know what will come first, tomorrow or the unexpected. The bewilderment of job loss, the failure of a marriage, or the death of a loved one, all invite trauma and pain. When these events occur, and the rosier option A doesn't exist, there is no other choice but option B. It is the alternative that life presents us, regardless of our preferences. This book aims to help people discover joy and happiness again via option B after extreme trauma and the disappearance of an option A. And in this process, we need to increase our resilience. What is resilience? It means enduring pain in the face of grief, rebuilding one's innermost being, and recovering from adversity. All of us possess this ability and there are ways to increase our resilience to recover from misfortune and regain our happiness. So, how can we increase our resilience? What are the factors that prevent us from recovering from traumatic events? Can we grow after recovery takes place? This book promises to offer some insight. It was co-authored by MetaPlatform's COO Sheryl Sandberg and psychologist Adam Grant. Sandberg has been hailed by the American media as the most influential woman in Silicon Valley and has been a frequent name in numerous Forbes magazine rankings. But career success can't prevent tragedy from occurring. In May 2015, Sandberg's husband Dave Goldberg died unexpectedly. They had been happily married for 11 years, and in 2015 they were on holiday in Mexico when Dave died suddenly at the gym after suffering a heart arrhythmia. Sandberg's entire world came crashing down, and she had no idea how to move on with her life. She tried various methods of overcoming her grief, such as immersing herself in it and trying to let it wear itself out, but none brought her the closure she was seeking. Two weeks after Dave's death, Sandberg received a letter from a friend who had also lost her husband several years prior. The letter said that although her friend had done everything she could, she was at a loss about how to help Sandberg. The letter crushed Sandberg's last psychological defenses and left her completely overwhelmed, distressed, and bewildered. She turned to her friend Adam Grant, author of the book Give and Take that we have previously unlocked, for guidance. Grant told her that pain is inevitable we can only face difficulties and negative emotions by increasing our ability to bear it. In other words, by increasing our resilience. With Grant's help, Sandberg managed to gain a new lease of life. Her gut-wrenching experience gave her a deep understanding of resilience. She has shared her knowledge and gains in this book, wanting to empower more people who are hurting inside to become more resilient and set forth on the path to recovery. In what follows, we will give you a detailed description of the book's contents in three parts. Part 1 Three Misconceptions That Hinder Recovery. Part 2 Three Aspects of Post Traumatic Growth. Part 3 How to Increase Resilience. The American psychologist Martin Seligman, widely regarded as the father of positive psychology, has spent decades studying how people cope with setbacks. He has identified three misconceptions that prevent people from overcoming traumatic events. Let's examine the first misperception, personalization. Personalization refers to the belief that we are at fault when bad things occur. The book shares an example of a young girl who was kind enough to accompany a male colleague home, but the man later raped her in the car. It is reasonable to say that the male colleague committed the crime and it wasn't the girl's fault. However, she blamed herself harshly for driving her colleague home and allowing him to take advantage of her. This mindset is a mistaken personalized perception, there was nothing wrong with her good intentions. No one could have predicted the incident, nor was it the girl's fault that he assaulted her. She cannot blame herself for every external contingency. Likewise, Sandberg was trapped in a pit of inescapable self-blame after Dave's death. After his passing, the preliminary medical report suggested that the cause of death was a head injury caused by falling off an exercise machine. Sandberg, therefore, blamed herself for not being by Dave's side at all times and regretted not immediately rushing to the gym where he had fallen. She was sure that getting to the scene sooner could have saved her partner's life. But would that have made any difference? Dave's autopsy report later showed that he didn't fall from the gym equipment and perish due to head trauma. He died of a heart arrhythmia brought on by coronary heart disease. This means that Dave would not have survived long enough for Sandberg to arrive at the incident scene and that his death was unpreventable. But even so, Sandberg still blamed herself in other ways why didn't she detect Dave's illness in time? Why didn't she urge him to change his bad eating habits? Sandberg even blamed herself for inconveniencing her loved ones with her husband's death. What she did not realize at the time was that even if she had done her best, the event would still have taken place, and she was never in any position to prevent Dave's death. Let's move on to the second misconception, pervasiveness. Pervasiveness means that people tend to magnify something bad and believe it will affect every aspect of life. But Sandberg uses her personal experience to illustrate that hardship does not affect every aspect of life. Ten days after Dave's death, she sent her children back to school and returned to work. On her first day back in the office, everything felt strange to her, she didn't grasp the agenda of the meeting she was attending. But suddenly, there was a lucid moment when she was pulled into the discussion, a moment when she forgot about her grief, forgot about Dave's death. Gradually, she was able to focus on her work for more extended periods, and she slowly realized that not everything had taken a turn for the worse. Her family, friends, and colleagues all showed her warmth and support, her children slowly spent less time crying and were able to sleep through the night, and life seemed tentatively hopeful. This illustrates that adverse events don't have to affect every aspect of our lives. Now we come to the third misconception, permanence. Permanence refers to the belief that the aftershocks of the event will last forever. An example in the book mentions a group of researchers carrying out a study called Effective Forecasting to see whether people could accurately predict future emotions. The experimenters divided the test students into two groups. They had one group of students imagine that their hypothetical romance had ended two months prior and observed their reactions. The other group of students whose real-life relationships had ended two months ago were also asked to express their true feelings. So which group was happier? The results showed that the students who had gone through an actual breakup were more content than those who had only imagined they had done so. Why was this the result? In reality, even if a person is in pain following a breakup, the heartbreak will ease over time. But the group of students who imagined the separation magnified the negative emotions, believing that the pain would persist for a long time. When encountering grief, we tend to underestimate our own ability to withstand suffering and overestimate the effect it will have on us. However, in the same way the body has an immune system, the brain has one too, when confronted with an insurmountable hurdle, it activates its defense mechanisms to alleviate the pain. A psychiatrist once remarked that humans had developed the ability to cope with grief and pain over the course of evolution and that humans were capable of recovering from loss and trauma. In other words, the pain never lasts forever. All beginning with the letter P, these three misperceptions are known as the trap of three P's. Identify and avoid them can prevent us from getting stuck in traumatic experience. Three P traps are prevalent in our lives, and if they are not understood and analyzed in-depth, it may be difficult for us to escape their negative influence. Let's briefly review what we covered in part 1. Three misconceptions can prevent us from recovering from a traumatic event, blaming ourselves for bad things, believing that negative events will affect every aspect of our lives, and expecting those negative emotions brought on by adverse events will last forever. These three misconceptions are known as the trap of three Ps. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.